welcome everyone. We will kick off in a couple of minutes. Also, join the join the space if you're having questions or anything. Feel free to yell out as always. Sending Alex and Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. How is the weather there? Is it hot? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I just turned on the AC because yeah, it's a. I, I don't know. I really hate turning the AC on, but considering it's like forty degrees, I tend to. No, you have to. You me. have to. It's it's impossible to survive these temperatures. Yeah, like it, it stays kind of cool if I turn it on and. I think I have it on too cold because I turn it on and then I'm like shivering and stuff. I I can't quite get the right temperature. Oh man, ah, you'll get used to it. How is it over there? Humid. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, annoying, but you know, <laughs> we survive. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah. Welcome everyone to our weekly days, uh, and uh, today, as usual, we have quite a few stories that happened this week, and also some updates about Beam. So, um, what shall we start with? St. Eth. Yeah, this is an interesting, interesting situation. Yeah, it is. Um, it's kind of um, amazing to me how like everything is so connected now in 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 the ecosystem. Like things that uh, it, it, it's it's actually like you know it's it's a real economy. It's uh, like you, you you cannot any longer view like one protocol without like looking at the other, and everything has become very complicated. So um, let's start with the quick recap of uh, what is going on. Uh, and we actually have like four stories that are all connected to one another, as I said. So let's start with the SDEs. So the SDEs is a very interesting thing. So as you know, Ethereum is going to move to proof of stake sometime in the future. And uh, in order to become on this new Ethereum 2.0, you need to stake 32 ETH, which is still quite a lot of money. And in return, you will get something like 4.4%. Um, uh, so there is like kind of, I think, uh, once this thing is live, it will be rather opportunity. So a lot of people did that even before uh, the actual 2.0 chain is live on the so-called beacon chain, right? Yeah. Uh, obviously, I didn't because I don't have uh, uh, 32 ETH. Uh, but a lot of people did. And also, there was a very interesting protocol created, which is called Lido or Lido. I don't know exactly how to pronounce, pronounce that. Also, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's call it Lido for, for, for the purpose of this discussion. And the idea is that even if you don't have the entire amount, you can just take the Ethereum that you do have and put it into this protocol. And they, as a protocol, they have a DAO, and the DAO kind of chooses Ethereum validators and bets them. And then your ETH will become staked to those validators when the chain is live, and uh, you will basically make, make those profits, even if you don't have the entire amount. Uh, also, being Ethereum 2 validator requires maintaining a node, being online all the time, and you get penalties if you don't upgrade. Uh, it's, you know... Uh, appropriate times or if you're not online. Uh, so it's kind of difficult to do for an average person to you know, run Ethereum uh, proof of stake node. So this protocol kind of takes away all of your trouble and in return, uh, you get 4% uh, yield. Uh, and uh, the rest is going to both the, like, to, to the DAO and to the actual validators that get your stake. Now, it's important to understand that the amount of money we're talking about is huge. Like there was about $8 billion, I think, total staked into this uh, beacon chain. And out of this sum, about one third was uh, done through this LIDO protocol. So like, it, it's quite a lot of money. 
And in return for your staked ETH, you get this token, which is called STETH for staked ETH. Now, this is where it gets interesting, because obviously the price of the STETH cannot go above one ETH, because like at any given time, you can bring your Ethereum and get your STETH in return. So if for some reason this price of the STETH would be higher, like arbitrageurs would quickly use this opportunity. However, uh, it can go lower, as we, as we learned. Now, when the, there is a bull market and everything is good and the future is bright, uh, it didn't happen or like almost didn't happen because basically what you have is a token which is equal to one Ethereum, but it's not liquid, right? So you cannot actually uh, use it as Ethereum right now. You will be able to use it even not, I think, at the date of the launch of the new chain, but rather probably sometime like after, right? So like there is a future promise of this one Ethereum waiting for you, for you. Now, this brings us to the second part of the story, the demand for Ethereum. Because right now there is, as we know, there is a bear market, there's a lot of kind of liquidations going on and a lot of protocols need liquid funds right now. And uh, one of such protocols is Celsius, which suffered from quite a series of unfortunate events. There were some hacks, there was this Luna USD collapse, um, and all they have borrowed heavily, and now they need to be able to uh, repay those debts. And uh, some of the amount of like funds that they're holding was in, uh, in state ease. So now they have begun selling is quite heavily on several pools and you know the liquidity uh, is scarce right now and it's like kind of relatively low amount so what happened as a result is that the price of stake is suddenly kind of went down yeah um i'm not sure exactly like where it is at this moment definitely under one is and uh this is what was like in, in Twitter and uh, in some uh, articles as depegging of STEs. And then there were like kind of uh, uh, articles saying, no, it's not depegging because it was never actually pegged to one ETH. It's a completely different token. And this whole kind of, was it depegging or was it not depegging? Uh, was kind of a discussion last couple of days. So the thing is that uh, I, I have kind of reviewed some of the earlier materials about this and uh, even though technically it's not pegged, because like pegged means that you have some mechanism in place that should support the price and maintain it like in a stable coin scenario, for example, tied to let's say $1 or whatever the currency is. In this case, it is actually a different token. It is not pegged. However, in most videos and some previous articles, they repeatedly, like the, the authors of those articles repeatedly called it pegged. And even I saw a video from as early as like two weeks ago, that said, STEs is back to ETH like through three different mechanisms. The first is this one, the second is this one. So it was called pegged along the way, even, even though it wasn't actually, you know, a pegging mechanism. And then, yeah, when, when, when this price of STEs suddenly went down, like obviously- No longer calling it pegged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, th this kind of uh, conceptual fallacy uh, quickly uh, revealed itself and untangled. And uh, uh, it's totally fine because just like in regular uh, finance, we all know that the current price of something and the future price of something, even though it's the same something, can be different, right? It depends on the expectation of where this, where this is going. Exactly. And so, like, at least from what I've seen, like, in the past from Steph, it was, like, relatively stable around, like, one Ethereum for one stake. And and now, which I always find kind of because I mean, essentially one's locked and you can't like get it unlocked until after the the merge or or whatever. Uh, and so I was always a bit surprised that it didn't always trade at like at least a small discount. So yeah, but it, it makes sense when uh, when there is kind of a positive sentiment on the market. It makes sense because let's say uh, you have an like some amount of money and you put it away for some, let's say, uh, savings account, right? With some like kind of larger or a little bit larger uh, uh, 
percentage that you're getting from your bank and you don't need the money right now, so it's fine, right? So you're making a little bit on top of it and it's okay. But uh, if things turn bad and you do need this money and you need it quickly, uh, the penalties that you're getting for breaking your savings account or savings program can be even higher than the accumulated percentage. So this is a little bit kind of a very uh, simple, uh, dumbed down explanation of about what's happening. Like it's okay to have staked ETH when you don't need ETH, but when you do need ETH all of a sudden, then you're saying, listen, take, take this staked ETH at the discount, because I need the money right now, otherwise I will go bankrupt or whatever is happening right now with uh, Celsius doesn't look good. Yeah, this is <laughs> looking a bit weird, right? Yeah, so um, as I said, all of these mechanisms, um, when the price goes down, there is this kind of cascading liquidation threat. Uh, and uh, uh, th this is where it, it kind of balances itself, right? So. Like if the price of Ethereum goes under some threshold, then the amount of liquidations gets higher. Uh, and this is kind of causing this effect, this domino effect of uh, you know more and more kind of money getting tied into this, those liquidations. Yeah. Yeah, so this is... And, and this is where it, it gets really interesting with like this, this death or stake death, mm -hmm. is that it, it got like... A, it, it's not Ethereum, but in like terms of Ethereum DeFi, many protocols started adding stuff for like lending markets and this kind of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, uh, you know, you tend to treat something, uh, you know, as Ethereum in terms of the price, even though it's not exactly Ethereum. And yeah, it will be convertible into Ethereum once this chain is live. But first of all, uh, and I think this is kind of, a very common kind of problem with many software projects that get delayed and you know we are no no exception at beam uh things take longer than they are initially anticipated we're all optimists as developers we want everything to be done quickly and you know uh, we're very optimistic about it but things take and in this case because there is kind of this monetary expectation of this time so a lot of people that who stake this uh is i don't know a year ago, uh, probably expected this Ethereum 2.0 thing to be already happening or kind of at least, you know, be, be on the horizon, but it's not. Yeah. And since there is no specific timeline that you can say, oh, this uh, STEs will be worth exactly one is in X days, months, weeks, whatever, uh, it's more difficult to hold onto this value or like value it exactly as one is when there is such demand for liquidations. And so, yeah, it, it's together in this uh, a little bit of a vicious cycle. Um, we're all watching <laughs> what is happening, but uh, right now it's it's kind of difficult to predict exactly where it will stop. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see. I, I, like I saw many posts on on Twitter and this kind of stuff talking about it, in with relation to like the lunar and and Terra, whatever they're called situation, which I think it's it's quite like uh, it's similar in some sense to to that in the terms of like people getting liquidated and this kind of stuff. But I think it's very different conceptually like how the two work obviously yes one of the things that we saw and by the way i just want to remind everyone that you know whenever you want to add something or ask a question you're welcome uh like we're talking uh, anytime just hit that request button um one of the things that happened in this kind of luna meltdown is that um a lot of kind of different protocols uh, behaved differently. So like, it's not like you let go of this massive stablecoin uh, going down all of a sudden, right? So a lot of protocols borrowed against it, like they used it as collateral, used a lot of kind of combinations uh, and it complicated them because uh, they didn't say like, oh, it's going down, let's dump it or let's forget about it. Uh, you can't really do that, right? This like, was tied in quite a lot of pools um, and Luna as well. And this is in it of itself, kind of a cascade that we now see the the, the ripples of uh, uh, like in the, in this this period, right? So it's obviously part. Of it. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Not to mention the fact that you know every two days uh, it seems like uh, Doc One is uh, 
getting accused of something new and improved. Uh, I saw amounts varying from $2.7 billion that he took to, I don't know, $80 million that he took. Like, uh, like every two days, there is a different kind of accusation. Yeah, and I, I, I swore his, like, defense was that, like, he doesn't need money. <laughs> and it's like, well, uh, I mean, if, if you cash out money, you don't need money. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> it's, it's really very difficult to be in this situation for sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, like uh, people are very frustrated, and uh, like the entire market is not uh, actually giving. Uh, I think um, it was CryptoDoc who tweeted, uh, I think today, that like uh, like something like uh, uh, I like retweeting good news. Do you have any? <laughs> yeah, I, in the, in a beer market, there's no good news. Even if it's good, it, it's it's no good. Yeah, <laughs> I bought I bought the deep, but it kept dipping. Yeah, it, I mean, like it, I I won't talk too much about price, but the market has been very like unforgiving in the in the past like month or couple of months. Yep. Um... Combined with other kind of macroeconomic factors, I don't know all these interest rates and things that I don't really understand. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of influences everything. Yeah, this this is one thing I, I see many people on like uh, online talking about. Like, oh, thankfully I have like a, a what I don't even know what it's called the like mortgage thing where it's a, oh, a fixed rate mortgage. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that stuff's very very foreign to me i have no idea about like macroeconomics or interest rates or kind of stuff totally but, but luckily the entire like crypto twitter community has become like professional experts in, in the macro space as they oh yeah as they like yeah. to do uh i i love those tweets like Percent of experts expect Bitcoin to go uh, to like one hundred thousand dollars till the end of the year. Yeah, me but too. First of all, first of all, it means like fifty-eight percent don't expect that. Like speaking of, yeah. but uh, who are those experts exactly, and where will they be later? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so moving on to kind of more um, positive, I would say, and interesting news. Um, you know, while we are developing Web three. Uh, some people has already moved forward and uh, are developing Web5. Did you hear about yeah. that? Yeah. Not even Web4. No, Skipped no. Web4. No. Web4 is for losers. Like Web5, <laughs> yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> what we're talking about is this uh, actually very strange tweet um, from uh, Jack Dorsey, uh, who is the founder of Twitter. And uh, he tweeted something about uh, developing Web5 with a, a link to some other account, which had a link to a Google Doc, uh, like the slide deck. Uh, and I will retweet that uh, later. I will find it and tweet it. And there, there was this kind of presentation um, about an idea to create a decentralized web platform, yeah. um, which uh, they call Web5. Uh, because it's like Web 2 plus Web 3 or something like that. Okay. Um, nothing really special kind of like, or let's say most of the ideas are kind of a combination of things that we already saw, in, you know, in, in uh, many uh, Web 3 projects. But let's talk about it because it's interesting. I believe that uh, it will become kind of um, uh, like... Maybe not called, but some of those concepts will definitely become a thing. Um, so right now, what's going on with this Web2 model, as it is being described, is that when you go to a website, whether it's a social network or like a uh, blog or whatever, and you uh, log in, your credentials actually belong to the provider of this website. So when you go to, let's say, Twitter or Facebook and you create a new account, Facebook is the owner of that account, Right. And this makes these kind of many different identities that you have each belonging to a different uh, network or a different website, a different application. Mm-hmm. And all the data and all of the interactions and the social graph and all of these kind of things that you do on this platform, they all are managed and they all belong to and they're all protected by, to a certain degree, by those providers of these applications. 
And this is kind of the Web 2 model. Now, the Web 3, 5, whatever model is all of that in reverse, right? So yeah, the platform does provide all the services that it provides, but you are the owner of your identity. You are the owner of your keys, of your funds, uh, and ultimately you are also the owner of your kind of um, uh, server in a way, right? So you own your data, you use it in, in a different model, right? So it's not like um, somebody is providing all of these capabilities for you, but rather you delegate, um, you delegate these um, resources that you want to this provider and there is some kind of financial model behind. So the example that is given in this presentation is the playlist, right? There is no, like it doesn't make sense to have a playlist on Spotify and playlist on Tidal and playlist on something else, Apple Music or whatever. You would like to have your own single playlist and then you can delegate this playlist and ask uh, this kind of uh, provider of the service to stream music based on your playlist, right? So this is kind of the idea. Okay, yeah. this makes sense. Yeah, uh, and all of that is protected by cryptography. Uh, the things that uh, we kind of uh, use a lot in the crypto space, uh, like in their kind of model, you have this, uh, they call it really addressable um, data, right? So you store the data and you have this kind of unique identifier that says, this is my data, you can take it from here. And... Uh, Whenever there is a service that needs that data, it kind of requests your permission to use it. And you say, yeah, you can use this data for now uh, and do whatever you are doing, whether it's music or you know, uh, communication or whatever that is. So this is kind of the concept behind uh, Web5 decentralized um, web platform. Um, once again, I, I didn't find anything kind of unique here. And I think that the, the entire kind of... Um, uh, difficulty like of of this is like it's it's too much to change from the car. So it will it will happen, right? We, we see this happening, but it will take a lot of time because um, this entire kind of cloud infrastructure, the way it works today, uh, from the architectural point of view, uh, is working like web to wait all all over, right? And it it will take time. Uh, to kind of convert it on, to make it usable enough for average consumers to use it uh, in this kind of opposite direction. Because um, recently we, we we spoke with this company that is developing your kind of uh, hosted like services that are hosted by you. You buy kind of this server and you put it in your house and then you run your own applications on it and you become your own provider of some of these services. Uh, and even though they're working hard to make it usable, it's still kind of a very niche and very geeky product, right? It will yeah. take a lot of time. Like may, most people don't even know how to access the router that they have installed from their phone company or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This this I can relate to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was funny. Um, I got this like kind of uh, upgraded uh, internet router from my phone company and I wanted to change some setting and I kind of tried to access it and you can't. You can't access no. the settings on your router. And like, what am I supposed to do? Oh, you need to call us. We will configure your router. And like, what? Yeah. Uh, couldn't, couldn't possibly set your own settings on your own router. No, no. <laughs> and they say like, oh, yeah, but we protect you from viruses. And I'm like, thank you very much. Um, like, <laughs> what would Jeez. I have done without you? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but but the model the model is uh, is possible, and, and it's funny because it's so kind of going back to the roots. Like you, I don't know if you remember when there was like no internet; you just had your computer, and everything you wanted to move from to another was on like these floppy disks. Uh, yeah. Long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Um, but this is kind of that uh, level of uh, you know autonomy. But now that we do have all of these services that are interconnected. We just want to use them a different way. We just want to use them as the services and not as the holders and owners of our data. Yeah. Um, there was this kind of interesting, um, when was it? Uh, I think it was about Facebook uh, or something. Uh, I don't remember exa the exact story, but like, um, I, I think that in the, no. Was it Facebook? I don't remember. But in the terms, uh, like all of these, you know, terms and agreements that you click on when you sign up, yeah, 
Like it actually says that it's not really your data. Like they can do a lot with it. Yeah. <clears throat> like th this is what I always wondered, and I, and I have no idea, but about platforms like Twitter, like if I upload my own like thing onto Twitter, does it then become Twitter's or can they use it how they want or this kind of stuff? I have no well, idea. But... Uh, not exactly. So you don't lose a copyright, but uh, okay. you, you do give a lot of... Uh, uh, you do give, give a lot of consent, for example, uh, manipulating this data and resending it to third parties. For example, if tomorrow, uh, let's say, I, I don't want to, you know, name like names, but some of these companies partners with, let's say, uh, some, uh, uh, you know, pharma company, right? And the pharma company wants to understand, like, who needs more Viagra or whatever, I don't know, like, one of these things. So it is very possible that your data, anonymized or not, uh, will be mined for this information. They will run all of these AI algorithms and try to understand, like, are you, you know, okay sexually? Are you performing? Is everything good? Because otherwise, you know, we will market this shit to you, like, or whatever. Like, uh, it can be fluid, it can be anything. Yeah, and, and next thing is coming up on, like, the intro to video YouTube and <laughs> as, you're, as you're scrolling Twitter trying to find find what's going on. Yeah, the, the, and and I always find this like targeted advertising very very unusual. Like there was, <laughs> I, I have no idea why, but like two years ago or something or three years ago, I kept getting these advertisements for like uh, life insurance, and like I don't know, I can't even remember what it was called, but it was like the thing when you die, like you should organize like <laughs> the thing for when you die. And I got these like all of the time on Twitter and it was very like strange. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm maybe not the most like positive person, but, but I couldn't, I couldn't figure out like where that was all coming from. There was this funny video uh, many years ago, like somebody's calling to order a pizza and yeah. uh, the clerk is like, uh, like, which toppings would you like? And he's like, I would like extra cheese. And the clerk was like, Mm, I don't know about that. You know, you have quite a high cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Yeah, that, that's that's kind of this uh, this level. So yeah, I, I totally agree that um, like it, it, it's a good idea to at least move some of the functionality, like regarding your personal data, to like to your own wallet or your own protection. Yeah. Uh, however, I do believe it needs to be like it, it doesn't need to be like this. Uh, like for example, like. If, if I lose access to my, I don't know, Twitter account tomorrow, yeah, it will be, it will be like, okay, I don't make money from Twitter, right? So it's not a business that I run. I just have this account. It would be, you know, a bummer, but I would survive. Like nothing happens. I mean, like if it's my personal account, especially, uh, I can create a new one. Like I, I can do something like, like that. Of course, if it's a business, then I need to protect these logins and do a two-factor like you would treat any other information. Then uh, the reason I say that is because uh, there was this talk about soul-bound tokens. Uh, I, I, I keep seeing this like soul-bound token thing and I, I see it people was, talking about it, but I don't know what it is. Actually. Yeah, it, it was uh, uh, one of the ideas that came from uh, Vitalik recently. Okay. Um, and uh, the idea is that you have something that is unique to you. Like, let's say you have some certification, you, you went to the university, like you have things that you don't, uh, like you can't sell. So it's a token you cannot sell. Okay? Okay. So it's like a non-transferable. Exactly. Kind of but non-transferable non doesn't sound cool. Soul bound sounds yeah. really cool, right? Yeah, actually, it does. Like <laughs> non-transferable doesn't sound cool at all, but, but it's, it's a pretty cool name. And when I, like, when I heard this term, I had that feeling. I, I had this kind of really weird, you know, negative emotion. And I tried to understand, like, wh why, why is that? And the thing is that, um, you, uh, you know, uh, this, like, a kind of biometric certification? Do, do you have that in uh, I've done it. I've done it a few times for, like, visa stuff. No, no, no. I'm talking about oh. your ID, like your passport is actually biometrically tied to you. Uh, 
uh, it's not like know. you're leaving those fingerprints or a scan of your face like when you get a visa to some country i'm talking about look wow. like your your country id like uh, in israel we have two ids we have this internal one and then we have the passport for traveling uh, outside of israel and recently they have added this kind of uh for several years ago they started moving towards biometric identification and soon it will become mandatory and okay. it's it's crazy annoying because um, the problem with that is like if for some reason uh, this data is not protected from, I really do not trust like the government of like you know any government to 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 protect it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that's it, right? So if it's biometric, you cannot change your your whatever you know they're using to identify you. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I, I don't think my passport has has this, but New Zealand I have a New Zealand passport, and New Zealand is like very we're always behind on like technology stuff. Yeah, that's good in this specific case. <laughs> it's very fortunate. Yeah. So just like I really hated this idea of biometric identification, I also like didn't like this soul bound thing because. You know, anything can happen. You can get hacked. You can get like whatever. And now, so one of the important things is not just like what you can have, but also how it can be used in court. Okay. So, for example, yeah. a lot of things that uh, I don't know. Um, let, let's say fingerprints. Fingerprints are not good enough evidence to to convict you. They can be used in the case, but it's not like unlike DNA. Let's say it's like not not as convincing, right? Because it can be tampered with. It can be forged. There can be problems. And uh, this feature is called non-repudiation. Like, how can you say it wasn't me, right? Yeah. So when it's going to this kind of soul-bound things or like biometric things, and in my mind, they kind of became related, it gets much more difficult for you, like if something happens and something, you know, gets stolen or hacked, to say, oh, it wasn't me because, you know, wait a minute, this is your soul-bound token that we see here in this, you know, Nazi website or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, on, on the opposite side, coming from the same Vitalik Buterin, um, a much more interesting article, in my opinion, uh, from today, I think, or yesterday, about uh, various non-financial uses of blockchains. Mm -hmm. And uh, he has, like, he, he outlines, I think, like, uh, four or five kind of different use cases. And one of the most interesting for me was the, the repeat, because this is the concept that I like. Like you are what you are doing, your behavior, like not behavior, like your uh, contributions, I would say, right? So this is something that you can say, okay, that's me, right? I wrote this article, I wrote this code, I like that, I did this, I voted, whatever I'm doing. Uh, and my reputation is kind of combined from these um things that I do, but not in the sense of like, oh, wait a minute, like, uh, uh, you know, we will monitor what you're doing and then we will calculate your reputation. No, it's like you're, you are showing like what you want people to see uh, by using these like, different identities. Sometimes you don't know, you can contribute to some project and then this project will become a scam, like which is outside of your control. And you're like, oh, I didn't know, right? But you're always... Things like that, this is something that I, I can connect to and, you know, yeah. instead of soul-bound things. Speaking of, speaking of like what you mentioned about getting involved in a project and then, it, like, the, turns out it's a scam or whatever, there's an interesting situation that I heard on in Telegram, one of the chats or something. I, I forget the guy's name, something like, it's a funny name, something like CIA person or whatever anyway he he like uh someone in a in a public chat on telegram asked for like dust to send a transaction on like phantom network or something like this and he said yeah sure send them one phantom uh and then let me i i can't remember the exact story i'm i'm gonna make a mistake but then the person that got the one phantom went and used it to like hack a protocol and so after they hacked the protocol people looked at the address and like who the hacker was and this kind of stuff and then they saw like the one phantom coming from the person cia operative or whatever their name was 
who has their like public ANS name on their on their like account, uh, and and this really concerns me because I like I, I've done this myself and in a few public chats like sent some funds to people I know or or someone's asked for like some dust to send a transaction when they've just bridged funds and and they don't really want to like go through the process of withdrawing from an exchange or whatever to to just get a little bit of to make the first transaction but i never really thought about like the person using your money to then go and do something nefarious and, and make it look like it was you this is actually really interesting uh and i, I would really like it if you found the story and uh added it to the comments to to this um uh, space because it's actually a brilliant idea um, to, you know, like uh, there is, a, what's it called, chaff, I think, that uh, the airplane like shoots these kind of fake targets when there is a rocket trying to, uh, you know, lock on it. Like uh, flares. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, and and this is exactly kind of using the dust attack in reverse, right? So what you're saying is like, okay, you're probably going to try to trace where this attack came from and who also contributed to this attack. So let me collect as many kind of dust, like fake uh, participants as possible. So it would be more difficult for you to try to, uh, you know, find the, the real kind of people behind it. Yeah. And, and this is like something that gets brought up a lot about like when there's a hack and there's all of these people going, oh, look, they withdrew from Qcoin and they withdrew from Gate.io and Binance and Coinbase and this kind of stuff. And they're like, oh, what a like stupid hacker. But maybe this is like the same kind of tactic that they're using there, signing up to accounts with KYC and this kind of stuff that's not theirs to to make it more difficult for people to to try and find them. You know, the, um, w when we just uh, uh, launched Beam and we only had like online transactions, um, and we had this kind of you had to be uh, online, right? You had to be kind of uh, actively accepting this transaction. Uh, today, it's not true because we also have like the offline transactions and like a lot of people have like online wallets and stuff like that, mobile wallets. But it was kind of this thought like, uh, what happens if somebody like sends you some money, right? And you don't even like know about it. Like in Ethereum today, you can send funds to anyone uh, just by their, uh, you know, Ethereum name, you can just find the top whatever influencers, whoever you want. And this can be like stolen funds, in, in, right? So you kind of make, like, if they don't return those funds immediately and prove that they return those funds, you kind of make them recipients of stolen stolen property in a way, right? Yeah. 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 And, and it's, yeah. I mean, if, and and this has been done a little bit with like, people with public DNS, uh, ENS names and like a big following, people will send them like tokens to their address to make it look like they've bought them. Yeah. And, and really they haven't. But by the way, just this week, uh, I think it was Optimism uh, protocol that uh, had this uh, issue. They, they sent funds to a wrong address. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, they, they sent funds to the, the address of a non-existent contract, and then somebody kind of uh, created the contract for this address, and they got these funds, and it was like $20 million. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the, the funds were returned, but uh, uh, the, this person, he kept $1 million to himself, and he sent $1 million to Vitalik, I think? Yeah. He, he like, sold $1 million almost, like, straight away after, like... Uh, I don't want to say stealing, but like tactically coming, coming upon some unexpected <laughs> ones. Yeah, tactically finding <laughs> finding some money, uh, and he sold one million, and and maybe like maybe I don't know. There's I think all the times with these things, it's people playing around and having a look, and then they find something, and then they take the funds, and then it's like now what, like. There's, they're not trying to go out of their way to be nefarious necessarily, but maybe when they get such a, I mean, it was like $20 million, right? Yeah. 
yeah, I don't know. Uh, but, but yeah, it was kind of funny. Um, by the way, a lot of uh, like there were several hacks this week. I, I don't want even to go into all of that, and uh, many of them uh, were like audited contracts. Right. Yeah, we're we're really far from any kind of quality in this realm. Yeah, um, things will get better, but um, there should be, I think, like kind of this. Uh, uh, universal kind of bounty, you know, instead of each each project establishing his own kind of critical bug bounty, they sh like, should all come together and establish this kind of uh, uh, big uh, pot of bounty money so that yeah, it would yeah. be just more profitable and better for your reputation to reveal your findings uh, instead of trying to get these funds and then not to know what to do with them. Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, like how it's happening often, like uh, at the moment, it's like uh, after it's been hacked, many of the protocols or projects will be like, hey, we will give you a bounty. And it's like, mm, you you, sh you shouldn't be like saying that after they've taken the, the funds, it should be like clear from the beginning and this kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it's it's difficult. Um, like yeah. it's it's difficult to to kind of think about all of these things, and uh, it's also very difficult sometimes to um, properly assess the risk of of the find, right? So sometimes, like mm -hmm. you you find something that looks minor uh, until it's exploited, <laughs> and then um, uh, there was this uh, completely, I think. Um, uh, in the recent launch attempt from Aztec, uh, which is the ZK rollup um, project, ZK.money, um, it, kind of ZK rollups are, are getting more attention recently. And um, uh, they also had some like minor fix that they did like at the last moment and then it kind of backfired. So yeah, these things happen. Um, yeah. no, it's an interesting idea. Maybe we should uh, make some tweet about it. Because it doesn't make any sense, um, you know, to have like each protocol like exactly establish like this. This one can do some kind of service for that. And and like you said about earlier on the call, everything so like intertwined and interconnected that it it kind of does make sense for it to be more like a, a public good for everyone rather than like absolutely every protocol for himself or herself or whatever. Yeah, every man for himself, mm. every coin for himself. <laughs> yeah, which is, it, it's looking very much this way like uh, as things as the the beer market progresses it's it's getting even more like a, a lot of talk about like pvp in the crypto markets and now it's becoming like not not player versus player but protocol versus protocol and lots of funny yeah. stuff going come, on come to think of it if like luna usd was happening in like the real world it would be probably built by some, you know, yeah. central bank or something because yeah. it was considered too big to fail. And like, uh, yeah. This this is one thing I found that like, and, and Do Kwon, like whatever, he was kind of confident or, or voiced that Luna was too big to fail and then it failed and, and everything kind of outside of like, UST ecosystem, everything pretty much funct functioned like as it should. Yeah. So not it, so not it, too big to fail. It's interesting. Uh, by the way, I found a tweet uh, about uh, from the CIA officer. Yeah. So I will tweet it right now, uh, and then I will also add. Beware. Here we go. Uh, by the way, the CIA officer, it's a great account. I really recommend it. Uh, he talks a lot about uh, security and OPSEC and a lot of things that are really important. Yeah, and he's, he's very, like, good at... If you, if I've seen many people like, ask about resources and crypto on very different stuff, and, and they're always like onto it with great like resources for further reading and, and guides and this kind of stuff. Yep. Amazing account. 
Cool. Um, let's talk about BIM a little. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so uh, what to expect in the coming? Uh, so we finally kind of uh, almost finished and uh, we finished testing the DAPnet. Uh, Dapnet is our new testnet environment, which we will use to roll out the earliest possible versions of all our decentralized applications to play with. Um, it's not a mainnet in any way, it's a testing network, but what is special about it is that it does not require mining, so the blocks um, by fake proof of work kind of replacement in a steady uh, rate of about like one block per 15 seconds, uh, just to make the experience of playing with applications kind of smoother. And uh, uh, we hope to have it up uh, tomorrow on the website. So you will be able to download this wallet and connect to, the, to this network. And then we will roll out um, the voting that is kind of almost finished and will come uh, onto mainnet soon. And also the uh, gallery V2 to play with. Nice. So this is what is going to happen yeah, this week. Uh, we're getting closer to the hard fork height, which is uh, scheduled, I think, to June 24th, I think, something like that. Uh, we're currently working with miners and exchanges to upgrade um, the nodes and the wallets. Absolutely. So and if, you, if you haven't already updated your wallet, you should do so immediately after the space. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Uh, and we will also tweet the link. Um, yeah, so um, um, everything is moving forward. Um, actually, yeah, all, all, all is good in BIM world. Absolutely. So the, the desktop wallets are out. Is there any time frame for the mobile releases, the Android uh, and iOS? Yes, I think the Android is already uh, up, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I, I think this week both of the wallets will be uh, will be there. We, we already released the testnet, and uh, uh, we are now waiting for the approvals on the mainnet. So yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, and also the web wallet uh, is also um, updated. Uh, I, I will check if it was released already, but it's definitely uh, near completion. Uh, there is like one funny story, not so funny, but a story about the web wallet. Um, Google changed the entire architecture of how uh, extensions, browser extensions work with WebAssembly. So in our web wallet, we have this WebAssembly component that we load and uh, which actually handles all of the communication with the node and the IPFS. And uh, uh, it used to work um, like this, this kind of background thing. And suddenly we found out like when we tried to create a new uh, like a different version uh, that this entire mechanism was changed and now we have to rewrite it. So luckily we have until the end of the year to maintain the old architecture, <laughs> but uh, by then we have to kind of get back to the drawing board and uh, restructure this entire uh, extension. So it will work with the new, um, with the new web three, not web three, I'm sorry, 3.0 uh, manifest. And um, when you look at the threads, you know, in the Google support, it's like panic, like why everything stopped working? What happened? Nothing is loading. You know. What just happened? Yeah, but you cannot, you, you cannot upload new extensions anymore. So if you have a new extension that uses the old architecture, you cannot upload it. You can just upgrade the already existing ones. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. Ooh. This is kind of, uh, um, difficult situations that you sometimes uh, well google is always like uh, you know it's, it's, it's always uh, this kind of behemoth that when it changes something suddenly some api that your entire product is based upon is got cancelled uh, it happens a lot yeah. i can only imagine the annoyance oh man yeah it's like out of your control you know you're like what yeah, yeah. But we'll 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 manage. It's, it's fine. It's just a nuisance. Luckily, we have great developers, and uh, they will swear a few days. True. Profoundly, but then it will will be fine. Okay. What else we have on our agenda? Oh, no. 
I think we covered most of it. That's pretty much it, yeah. If Let's open up to any questions, if there are any. Throw your hand in the air or request to speak. Do not be shy. And if no, I will go and finally have my my dinner. It was ah. like kind of it. Yeah, we 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 are doing this. Uh, I don't know it. Uh, it's called like there is like the meat and the rice in the pot with some uh, vegetables. Like so, it's kind of slowly cooking long dish. Okay. Yeah. Uh, kind of like a casserole. Yeah, something like that. Uh, it's okay. popular in uh, I don't know uh, where where I'm originally from, like this kind of uh, southern of whatever. Anyway, <laughs> it's very tasty. It's very tasty because it has a lot of kind of you know meat and rice and everything is kind of together. Uh, but it takes uh, quite a while to cook. So yeah, it will be finally ready when when we're finished here. You're really looking forward to it. I I was halfway through my dinner when I realized I'm not going to be able to finish it. So I will also be completing the set of my dinner. Oh, you see? It's good. Right. Uh, one thing before we do wrap it up, also one thing I wanted to say, uh, and I believe they are here, I just wanted to give a huge shout-out to Niran. Uh and he has gone to the effort, I'll share the link on the Twitter, but he has gone to the effort to upload all of the Beam Spaces, uh, various streaming sites. And so if you miss an episode or you want to listen to our beautiful voices again, you can do so at your leisure. Uh, so that's a very big thank you to Nero. Indeed. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so we will share all, all those links um, that we talked about. Uh, upgrade your Beam wallets if you haven't already. Thank you very, very much for being here. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday. Yeah, see you next Sunday. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.